and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday the 28th of February and as usual with all the information contained in this briefing it is general advice only so please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. If you need to you can always pause the slides here and read our disclaimer in full or head on over to the marcustoday.com.au website and you can read the disclaimer there. You can even sign up for a free trial if you're not yet a member. Well, another wild night on the US markets, it's fair to say. The Dow Jones rallied 835 points, or 2.5%, 34,059. It had a low of only 53 points up and a high of 872. So closing pretty near the highs on news coming out of Ukraine. And a big sigh of relief, I guess, to some extent, in the markets that uh, things were not uh, escalating. But of course, that was Friday and this is Monday. So things have changed, of course, over the weekend and uh, it will continue to evolve as uh, the week progresses. But certainly it is posing a pretty strong start in theory for our market with SPY futures up 166 points or 2.39%. Don't forget it was down 3% last week. So It would uh, be a big comeback for the index. But, of course, that was Saturday morning, and two days is a long time in warfare. So it remains to be seen whether we get that enthusiastic or whether we even get more enthusiastic. We shall see as the day progresses. NASDAQ in the U.S. up 1.64%, 221 points, 13,695. And the S&P 500 up 2.24% in the middle for Diddle, 96 points, 43.85. VIX index falling 9%, as you can expect and imagine in this kind of environment, down three points to 28. Bit of action in commodity markets, of course, on the back of the invasion and the Ukrainian fight back as well. We saw Brent down $1.15, 97.93. 1.16%. WTI down $1.22, 1.31%, Gold taking things pretty hard, down $38.70 or 2% to 1887.60. The old buy the rumour, sell the fact routine taking hold in the gold price as you would expect to see there was a lot of uh, a big spike when the Russians went in, as we saw, I guess, in 1980 when they invaded Afghanistan. But uh, that didn't last very long and uh, certainly uh, bodes not too well for golds, although gold stocks were down uh, on Friday and didn't really get the big kick along. I think a lot of people were expecting to see the spike and then the fall back. Iron ore down $3.50 or 2.56% to 133.45. In other commodities, we saw copper down 0.3, nickel fell 2.2%, aluminium down 1.1, zinc down 0.6, lead up 0.3, ton down 3%. So certainly the metals coming under some pressure, that buy the rumour, sell the fact routine coming into force there. But overseas prices for resource stocks, pretty solid. Freeport McMoran up nearly 6%, Alcar up 6.2%, Tech up 1%, Anglo up nearly 4%, Glencore up 4%, Vale up 4.4%, 
Albemarle up 4.2%. BHP in ADR form was up 5.6%. And Rio was up 3.37% in ADRs. Here you can see the S&P 500 and pretty much from the get-go off like a scalded cat and up she went and closing pretty much on the highs. In terms of other US stocks around, we did see Apple up 1.3%, Meta up 1.4%, Google up 1.3%, Microsoft up 0.9%, Amazon 1.6%. US banks also doing well. We saw JP Morgan up 2.4%, Citigroup up 2.2%, Goldman's up 2.9%. Maybe they'll be the winners from the sanctions against Russian banks. Bank of America, 3.3%. And Block, it's hip to be square, 26% up, which is actually down, I guess, on what it was in after-hours trade. So giving back some of that big gain that we saw in the after-hours trade, but still up 26% in normal trade. And that will obviously feed through into the Square SQ2 share price here. As far as major stories go, Russia and Ukraine are, on, are to hold talks without preconditions. At war with Ukraine, Putin puts nuclear deterrent forces on alert. This is certainly a worrying development and uh, certainly something that the West should be pretty concerned about. But hopefully, fingers crossed, we may get some movement from uh, the talk from Zelensky and Putin. Uh, that should be held in the border near Belarus on Monday, their time. US and NATO contend Putin's nuclear order and Europe and Canada move to close skies to Russian planes. The EU says needs to prepare for millions of refugees from Ukraine. I already saw on CNBC today there was over 320-odd thousand refugees that have poured into Poland, according to the UN Refugee Agency. And the White House has called on China to condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And stocks set for a painful week as the conflict intensifies. The swift block deals a crippling blow to Russia. And that does leave room to tighten. At the moment, uh, they are not blocking oil. And there's no sanctions on oil. That's one of the reasons why the oil price came off. And one of the reasons why the uh, market was so um, bullish and optimistic about an outcome or a positive outcome is that as yet those sanctions hadn't been put on oil. And uh, Western businesses cut some Russian ties over the Ukraine invasion. Uh, Abranovich has uh, relinquished control of Chelsea, uh, my home team in London. I'm not sure I should be supporting Chelsea anymore. Maybe I need to rethink that. But uh, Abranovich, who is quite close to Putin, has put his ownership of the club into a charitable trust which uh, works alongside Chelsea uh, on the charitable side of things but uh, still actually owns the club just put it into a charitable trust and uh, North Korea resumes missile tests with the first launch in a month Buffett Warren Buffett laments lack of good investments even as Berkshire profits sets record and the Fed has warned of wage pressures as data shows inflation still rising what to expect today? Well, obviously, that SPY futures, if it is correct, and of course, uh, there are many factors at play, and that is Saturday morning uh, sentiment rather than Monday morning sentiment, up 166, which is nearly 2.4%. So certainly showing that we should have, should have been the operative word, a good bounce today. But of course, uh, many things to bear in mind there. 
But uh, on the economic front today, we get uh, Melbourne Institute inflation. We get Q4 company operating profits, Q4 inventories, January retail sales. And on Wednesday, we get Q4 GDP. This will be a big number. And of course, tomorrow we get an RBA first meeting in March. Of course, uh, the end of summer, the beginning of autumn tomorrow. And then we see the RBA meeting uh, tomorrow afternoon. 10-year yields in the US, 1.96 in Australia, 2.23. Germany, 0.23. That has come off a little bit. Shane Oliver's in the uh, news today talking about company profits, and he's worked it all out for us, which is fantastic. So we're going to stand on the shoulder of a giant. 64% of companies have reported profits up on a year ago. 54% have raised dividends which is less than the average of 59%. So maybe a little bit of conservatism there. 48% of companies have seen their share price outperform on the day. So it's a coin toss. Half have seen performance on the day. We do have Sandfire results out today. Cuts the dividend despite profits up 24%. Dividend now is only $0.03, down from $0.08. Revenue rose 22% to $311.8 million. Zip! Uh, They have been in talks over the weekend with their brokers and underwriters to do a $200 million equity issue, $150 million in a placement and $50 million in a share purchase plan. Good luck with that. The funds will be used to acquire Sezzle, possibly the worst-kept secret in the entire universe. It is Monday, so I would imagine they will announce that because their figures are supposedly due today, and they've been working on that funding over the weekend. But something we highlighted last week was that Monday would seem to be the most likely day that Sezzle will get the official uh, merger takeover, whatever you want to call it, proposal from Zip, but it certainly is buy now, pay later at the moment, very much under pressure on margins, rising rates and rising delinquencies, and that increased competition, and you have to be big to make it work, and Zip getting into bed with Sezzle to make it work. So uh, we'll see more details of that as the morning unfolds. Uh, Researchers from Monash University have developed new technology that will improve the efficiency and lifespan of lithium sulfur batteries. Now, lithium sulfur batteries have been around a long, long time, and I think we've even talked about them in the newsletter, but haven't been particularly efficient, haven't been particularly good at holding a charge and powering things. But it looks like some smart guys down at Monash have developed that new technology, and maybe we will see more of lithium sulfur batteries, sulfur being far more um, abundant, I guess, than the uh, lithium iron battery metals, which include cobalt and nickel, etc. So lithium sulfur batteries are seen as a, a much more viable alternative. I guess the important thing for uh, investors in the lithium space is they're still lithium something batteries, which is always important. BP in a bit of trouble at the moment. British Petroleum, are they looking to offload their stake in a Russian oil company, Rosneft? Uh, They have a 20% odd stake in this uh, Russian company, and of course, pressure is on them to sell it. I'm not sure who would buy it. Uh, Maybe Rosneft themselves would have to buy it, but they are talking about a $25 billion write-down. It's obviously not the best time to be selling a Russian oil company at the moment. And of course, all eyes will be on Russia today, and they are certainly expecting a big run on banks and a big run on the market as those sanctions over the weekend, with that inclusion of the SWIFT sanctions, will be biting. So that, although is uh, will put further pressure on Putin, you have to be aware of the unintended consequences. There are a number of companies, I'm sure, globally, 
not only the, the uh, corporate side of things, but also the investment side of things that have money in the Russian market, which, of course, has been smashed and will probably continue to be smashed unless, of course, we see some peace talks. But uh, certainly that will add to the volatility out there. And also, everything is always connected to everything. We also, this week, have an OPEC Plus meeting. Of course, Russia is part of OPEC Plus. So it's going to be interesting times, as they say. Question of the day today, what are you expecting from the RBA tomorrow? Are you expecting any great shakes, or are you expecting them to be a little more dovish given the macro events that we're seeing unfold in Europe. So what are you expecting from the RBA tomorrow? That's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Marcus Today Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your thoughts, ideas, or insights there. And if you're into podcasts, we have three other streams of podcasts, three other streams of consciousness, if you like. The Marcus Strategy Podcast, where we go through the morning meeting Uh, where we talk about things and themes uh, for the day uh, live in our morning meeting. There's the On The Desk podcast, and last week I did one with the boys, sitting down and talking about how I started out in this business. And the On The Couch podcast, and recently I've sat down with Marcus answering some of your questions. So that's always a bit of fun to listen to that. But uh, otherwise, have a great day.